Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 124. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Quentin Reid. I'm John Buckley. Welcome along, guys. Great to, great to have you both here. Yeah, hello. Uh, Quentin, maybe you can, you can start by uh, letting us know where you fit into the, uh, the technology and telecommunications world. Oh, indeed. Look, uh, I head up Brandon Communications at Orcon, uh, the ISP. Uh, before that, uh, did a bit of tech PR for a few different people, and before that, a bit of tech journalism. So, yeah. Good. Well, great to have uh, have you with us, and we'll look forward to hearing a little bit more around what uh, what Orkon have been up to in uh, in recent weeks as we uh, as we jump in. And John, yes. Well, by day I'm the uh, general manager of digital at MediaCom, a large international advertising agency. Uh, but I also moonlight as the uh, gadget contributor to TVNZ's breakfast program. My arch rival when it comes to breakfast TV. Yes, boo, here's TV3. <laughs> Hello from TVNZ. <laughs> no, great to, have, great to have you here, John. Yeah, great to be here. Um, it's, it's excellent. Well, well let's jump in. Um, now, a few little, uh, little gadgets that we, we've come across uh, in recent, recent days. Uh, now, to start with one, John, you've been uh, having a look at this uh, Sonos uh, Play Bar. Tell us, tell us about uh, yeah. about that. Well, I'm hearing a lot more about play bars, which are, are basically designed to enhance your TV. So you get a you get a stack of speakers in one unit, which can actually boost the sound, and they're a lot better than these uh, tinny speakers you get in your ultra slim televisions. So yeah, I've been playing with the Sonos, and uh, not only is it a sound bar, but it's also a streaming device. So you can hook your Spotify and everything up to it. And uh, yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying playing with that. So you're linking to it from uh, what? What devices have you tried sort of connecting in uh, to it? Right. Well, first of all, you uh, you can get a bridge which plugs into your Wi-Fi, and then you hook up the play bar to your television. So as soon as you're online, you can uh, stream from your PC. You can download the Sonos app onto your iPad or your tablet or to your smartphone. And from there, you can control everything. So you can play your TV, tell your, your app to actually play the TV or just jump onto Spotify or radio. And uh, the way they put it is you, you get a sound bar, but you get 20 million songs thrown in for free. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty good streaming device and really good for a whole variety of situations. Again, flatties, you know, you can have something which could actually boost the sound from your television. But if you're going to move flat, you can take it with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not very hard to dismantle and move away. Yep. And uh, I mean, Sonos have been making, uh, you know, making wireless uh, audio stuff for some time, haven't they? Um, yeah. But the um, um, the play bar that you've been looking at, this is uh, you know pretty new, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a step up for them. So they've had internet streaming for quite a while, but this is a real move into home theatre, and it comes off the back of the um, uh, uh, sub that they released last year as well, which again, that costs about fifteen hundred bucks, and so does the, the play bar. So they've they've gone from these devices that sit on your countertop mm. to really into the lounge home theatre. Mm. And uh, you, uh, you, you had a, a listen to the, the same um, uh, Panasonic Max uh, 700 um, mini system 
um, that I did uh, recently. Absolutely. What, what was your What was your thought on on that? I mean, yeah. is mini system the right word? I mean, these speakers are. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're not as they're not as not as big as you, but as as, as tall as a. Um, what are you What are you as saying? A, as a as a as a, <laughs> as, a as a small child. Um, they're like they a couple of fridges, aren't they? Incredible um, volume, yeah. don't they? Yeah. When I saw today in the studio, I thought, well, who's going to use this? Because I have this image of people who are going to have them at home and blast out the sound and noise control are going to come around uh, but actually talking with the presenters afterwards uh, somebody made the suggestion it would be great for a school hall you know the sound output from that it's the kind of device you'd go in and buy off um, you know from JB Hi-Fi or wherever they're being stopped mm. and then you could use it for public events quite easily yeah, mm. it's 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 a ridiculous monster. It really mm. is. It, they're still calling it a mini. Yeah, and they're pricing it at a point which mm. which you know you can imagine people are actually going to get these for definitely for uh, you know for home sort of party type uh, type situations yeah. and so on. So there's going to be a few upset uh, neighbours around the country once these yes. things uh, yeah, start the... getting out there. Some obnoxious mm. music that you uh, hate <laughs> playing out of those would just drive you up the wall. I mean, it's fine if it's something you like and it's at the right time, but uh, yeah. you have these pointing in your direction from the neighbour's place. Yeah, apparently the noise control people aren't busy enough, so now they've got a new device to look after. <laughs> well, I can imagine some of the noise control people are probably quite keen to get their hands on some of these, so they'll be uh, awaiting those calls so that they can uh, confiscate them. I've just realised, actually, the speakers are so heavy they probably can't take them away. It's absolutely the best device <laughs> if you want to upset them. <laughs> All right. Um, now, other uh, other things that uh, you played with recently of note... Um, now you you tried out um, the bone conduction uh, headphone from Panasonic. I didn't get a chance to uh, yeah. uh, to try that because I had, had to race away the other day. Mm. Um, what was your experience with that? It was quite unusual, and the sound from it was better than I expected. Obviously, they're about to release this as a consumer device, mm. so it sits uh, sits around your neck, comes up over your ears, but the sound doesn't go into your ears. It goes onto the cheekbones in front of your ears, so through vibration or tissue connectivity. The sound actually travels internally into, into your um, sound canal, ear mm. canal, mm. and What's very strange about it is you're listening, you can hear the music quite clearly, and then they say, stick your fingers in your ears. You put your fingers in your ears and the the volume doubles because you're blocking external noise. (laughs) You you know, you'd expect it to be quieter. So uh, it's it's very unusual, but um, I put it on Facebook and I had a couple of friends who said things like, uh, look, I'm a mum who's wheeling the pram around the streets during during the day with my baby I want to listen to my music but I want to be aware of the noise from cars and things like that Uh, I would buy one of these so I think maybe Panasonic are onto something with this unusual technology Mm. we don't know the price point yet do we I don't think they revealed it, no. no, and, no. And what we tested was a, a mock-up device, but I think mm. they're about three to six months from releasing them to the public. Yep, and I understand that the final Google Glass product will uh, uh, yeah. will, will also use um, you know the, the same uh, the same technology. Yeah, the technical specs say it's mm. bone conduction. I think it mm. might be behind mm. the ear rather than mm. in front of the ear, but mm. yes, it, it seems to be the next wave. That's cool. Now, what I'm looking for, um, the next generation, I guess, is the video version of that. Um, Inside the eyeball? You know, something that you just, you know, you just attach to your head and you'll be able to see the picture and hear the sound. Right, okay. Do you think that's uh, that's likely? Oh, it's bound to come along very soon. (laughs) Yeah, why not? (laughs) 
as long as you can replace your eyeballs afterwards when it burns out, you'll be fine. <laughs> yes, all right. Um, now, a little bit of a uh, little bit of announcement from uh, Igloo and Core Plus in the last few days. Um, now, Igloo, of course, launched late last year with their um, ah, what would you call it? Their subscription. Uh, TV service, I guess, mm. uh, a little uh, a little box, set top box that uh, that plugs into your TV. Uh, you buy it outright for one hundred ninety nine dollars, uh, and uh, I guess it uh, you know provides an alternative to um, uh, to our Sky Pay TV service, although it, it does come from. Um, well, the company's half owned by, uh, or fifty one percent owned by mm. Sky, isn't it? And uh, mm. the rest owned by TVNZ. Mm. Uh, so it, it makes sure Sky sort of keep a, a strong position in there. Um, I don't think it's got a huge amount of traction in the market. To be uh, to be fair, mm. uh, haven't seen a whole lot about it since it launched. Have either of you actually had a look at the product? Um, I'm aware of the product. I haven't actually tested it, but no, I, haven't, I haven't played around with it either. Mm. But did get presented with it before they launched. Mm. I mean, they seemed they did a bunch of stuff that are based, I think, reasonably near mm. near mm. where we, we were operating from here. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, we're we're awaiting a um, uh, review unit to have a little bit of a play with. I'm not sure whether uh, you know they they um, they think that uh, they don't. You know, need people to review this and listen to it, or whether they're scared, and the product <laughs> is actually mm. is actually rubbish. Uh, because mm. I know we did ask for uh, something when they launched, and we didn't have anything. And then we were promised uh, something with this story. I said, "Well, let us have a look at the product so we can actually comment on it." Uh, and as far as I'm aware, nothing's yeah. actually nothing's actually turned up yet. So, um, you know, it, it could be really, really good. Uh, but we couldn't actually comment because they haven't actually had a really good look, other than mm. yeah, just mm. having a look at one in a in a, in a retailer very briefly. Um, I guess one of the points is that it doesn't uh, you know deliver high definition, um, you know, other than for the freeview channels that are already in high definition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may limit it, it somewhat as, as screens keep getting bigger and. And uh, yeah. in high resolution, it lacks um, a recording capability as well. So yeah, I think you can just plug in a plug in a USB mm-hmm. stick and get a live pause, and that's about mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so reasonably mm-hmm. limited, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see where Igloo goes as yeah. a um, I know that as with, a product with uh, with Sky TV, fifty percent of homes in the country have already got Sky, and fifty percent of those have got My Sky, so they're recording. So. You look at the other half, and uh, I think that's where they're trying to pick off the, mm. the lower. You know, people who don't want to pay for Sky won't pay for Sky. They're, mm. they're going to be on Freeview, but there are some people who may. This may appeal to them. You know, just that kind of nice, easy pay-as-you-go TV subscription. Yeah, look, mm. I think there's a, a crossover, and, and for for some people, they only want to buy a sports game every now and then, and they can buy a sports game on demand. I can see there's appeal there. Whether or not it's huge, whether or not this play from from Call Plus is going to have much traction, well, mm. I guess we'll definitely be watching with the, uh, with close interest. Yeah, because I mean we haven't seen a lot of these sorts of uh, you know deals in place before. But uh, ninety nine dollar price point um, is actually pretty you know pretty sharp to get uh, you know a level of pay TV as well as uh, mm. as well as the internet uh, package. So. Um, yeah, with I mean, have, look up Core Plus if this is of interest um, to you, and uh, um, yeah. So it's the Slingshot trying, brand, though, isn't it? It's Slingshot fifty it gig of broadband. Yeah, sorry, yeah, it is a Slingshot. Um, yes, yeah, the Slingshot 
and and, and, igloo. Uh, and igloo. Yep, hmm. you you are correct there, actually. Um, all right, Orcon. Yes. So, Quinn, tell us all about what's happened with the uh, with the sale of Orcon. We did discuss it uh, briefly last week because we couldn't uh, um, we didn't get a chance to get you in in here. But uh, we appreciate you coming in to maybe give us a little bit of a, a lowdown on what's happening with Orcon and how Orcon's going to uh, uh, you take on the uh, the other IS, ISPs uh, uh, mm-hmm. in the New Zealand market. Indeed. So, well, uh, in two thousand and eight. Um, Cordia, um, which is an SOE, bought, bought Orcon from CB Woodhouse, um, and it's been operating as a separate business unit um, until there was a, a few people interested in buying it. So um, there's been a, a reasonably lengthy sale process, um, and we've finally been sold to um, a guy called Warren Hurst and a, and a number of other um, businessmen, New Zealand-based businessmen that have telco, long history in telco, and, and they've bought uh, Orcon with a real view to, to grow it in the residential business, small business, well, virtually every space that they can grow it. So so they've got some big plans. Um, right, because at the moment, Orcon hasn't, you know, traditionally been known as, as you know, doing a lot in the business uh, arena, I suppose. It's it's mostly been uh, residential customers would be the very, very large majority of your business, would right. that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. We've been pretty residential focused. Um, we've had some small business and some medium-sized business around that as well. Um, but um, definitely there's a hell of a lot of room for growth, so we'll be pushing pushing into those mm. spaces more. And uh, you know what other you know what other things are we likely to uh, you know to to expect over time? Do you think anything you can give us some hints at? Uh, well, I was talking to you before. Uh, we, we, we've got a, a new product launch that I can't talk about, but it's likely to to come out in about June, um, which is going to be pretty exciting. I, the guys that that bought Orcom sort of recognise the long history that we've had in, in innovation. You know, we were the first to unbundle the local loop. We were the first to launch a sort of VoIP plug-and-play VoIP solution with Genius, first to do sort of nationwide UFB. So they've seen this. We've got something that we've been working on for about 18 months now that we'll be uh, launching as soon as it's ready to launch. Right. Um, so we're going to continue innovating and trying to do things first and fastest. And, mm. um, you know, it's even things like our unbundled, I mean, our unlimited plan, um, you know, there's been a long history of failed unlimited plans in, in New Zealand internet history. Um, so how's that going for you? Because you're offering a $99 unlimited internet uh, plan that's available. That's on ADSL and for those with ultra-fast broadband as well. Yeah, that's correct. So that's our biggest selling plan now. So wow. we're, we're nearing almost 10,000 people on that um, and just committed to trying to make it go as well as we can. Um, I think I think the market's changed a bit where maybe two or three years ago people that wanted the unlimited plan were only people that were going to be big downloaders. Um, now you've got a lot of parents that every time the kids come home from university they get a massive bill shock and they've said, look, I can, I can handle $99 as a, as a base, no surprises plan. So that's sort of where we've been positioning it really mm-hmm. and um, it's been working well for us. That's good. And uh, you know you you're uh, you know well known for for um, you know the work with ultra fast broadband being really the first internet provider to uh, offer a, you know a good range of uh, options on a on a national sort of basis. Uh, you know you pushed that out fairly early on uh, last year, and there were figures you know reasonably early on talking about you having a thousand um, customers. What where where are you at um, with ultra fast broadband? 
now? Is that so? Uh, we're, we're just over thirteen hundred customers now. Yeah. Um, okay. So you know, daily sales are good. You sort of you know, so twenty sort of sales a day is sort of ticking mm. along quite well. Mm. Um, obviously, the rollout's going at a at a heck of a pace too. Mm. So there's mm. more and more people every day that can get it. Um, yep. We've got around fourteen thousand people pre- um, registered their interest um, with us. Right. For so you've got five. people that are queuing up. That yeah. are queuing up yeah. for it. That. I guess line up with the uh, you know the percentage of people that that have it now, which I guess must be, you know, somewhere between ten and twenty percent. And you've got the other sort of eighty or ninety percent that can't get it just yet because it's a big project. Yeah, look, I think um, I think nationally there's just over four thousand people that have got that have got some form of uh, VFB. Um, mm. A lot of that's um, some of our competitors doing testing, but they haven't mm. launched yet. Obviously, mm. Vodafone hasn't launched yet. Telecom launched a couple of weeks ago, um, but still retaining the copper line, which was um, which was interesting. We, we're obviously doing a VoIP solution like we do with Genius. So um, yeah, so you've got a full a full um, a full solution, I guess. There, whereas Telecom is sort of part way with uh, with mm. their offering in some ways, because obviously at some point they're going to move to a, a voice over IP. Um, mm. You know offering and uh, and get rid of that old uh, copper phone line running into the uh, running, yeah. running into the house uh, and you're working you're working with all of the local fiber companies so you can offer service in, in every area that has um, ultra fast broadband at the moment yeah we are so there's four local fiber companies um, the last one that we launched with was enable in Christchurch so mm got a number of people in Christchurch over the last sort of three or four weeks that have hooked up with us. Um, there's still a couple of areas that we, they're not doing, so um, we have to put in some equipment in each of the areas, say for example Timaru, we've got to put some equipment in there to enable that. Um, we haven't done Timaru yet, so we're chipping through the areas, but um, we're working with all four of the um, of the different local fibre companies and yeah, just um, working hard to try and tell people about it. So it's been a, a long road to educate people about it. Um, is it hard to educate people when there is really a, you know, um, you know, it's still a, a, a small percentage of people that actually, you know, can physically access it. So, you know, how mm. do you go about promoting that, knowing that if you, you know, let's say you run a, a, a television commercial, that, you know, a, a large portion of those people, um, uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be able to get it. So you have to be quite picky about how you promote it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've been actually literally going door to door and knocking on doors and telling people about it. We've been, uh, we worked with NetGuide magazine to do a special edition and sent that out to every home that could get it. And we're just going to literally go door to door and keep going door to door and telling people about it. Um, I, I think there's a lot, I think some ISPs have made, and including us, have made a bit of a rod for our own back because every time there's a new technology, we go out and say, we've got this awesome, fast, new internet that you can get. Um, so when you go and talk about UFB, some people think they've already got it um, because they listened to us last couple of years ago when we were talking about, um, you know, the ADSL2. So there's a, there's a lot of misconception out there from your, from your average um, internet users. Yeah. They're getting there, I think. You know, we research and, and, and ask people about UFB and whether they want it, and we do that on a month-to-month basis, and, and we're seeing um, the sort of general population become far more educated about yeah. that. But yeah. it's going to take a while, um, but the rollout's taking a while as well, so, uh, yeah, we'll chip away. Yeah, well, that's over, over quite a long term, isn't it? Um, and you know, there, there's, there seems to be sort of a bit of noise around uh, VDSL sort of being that halfway point for people that can't get ultra fast uh, broadband. Mm-hmm. Where does that fit for you guys? It's, it's something we're looking at. Um, it comes at a price premium, so I think you're like going to have to charge about twenty dollars a month more for VDSL. So. That, that automatically is a bit of a barrier. We've priced our 
UFB plans the same as our as our as our copper plans as our normal plans. Um, so I think there's place for VDSL. Uh, it's uh, still over over you know copper technology. It degrades over distance. So there's there are some tricky things around it. But it's definitely something we'll look at for that sort of halfway step. I'm not um, in a UFB zone till 2017. So I'd quite happily um, get Orcon to upgrade me to VDSL tomorrow. So um, I'll be working on that tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that, that's the assignment we're sending you away with because uh, it seems that every uh, every internet provider we talk to says we're we're, we're looking at VDSL, uh, but there there are only a, you know a few, and it certainly makes mm. it easier when uh, when there's a broader selection. I think for for people, um, but you know, full credit to to, to Snap and and uh, uh, others that have already got uh, got an offering in the, mm. in the market, and um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play catch up. <laughs> um, all right. Now, looking at uh, other new gadgets, we've just heard. Um, well, there's been been, I guess, some rumours for a little while around uh, there being Windows tablets that are, I guess, um, more able to compete with some of the the, the biggest selling uh, Android and um, and iOS tablets. And of course, the iPad Mini seems to have just uh, you know, really sold massively since its launch uh, last year, and we've seen uh, devices like um, um, you know the the Google Nexus Seven and uh, um, the Kindle Fire in the in the US. Um, you know the, uh, the the seven inch sort of Galaxy uh, tabs and so on that seem to be selling in pretty large numbers, but nothing running Windows to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today we've just heard that Acer are going to be launching a um, an eight-inch uh, Windows tablet. What's your uh, what's your take on this, John? Is yeah. that is that of interest to you? I'm, I'm surprised that there's going to be an eight-inch out there. Um, only over, over the past month or so, I've been trialing the HP uh, Elite Pad, mm. the uh, Surface RT. I've just got my hands on one, and I've been using it in business. I like it. I like the fact that you can switch from uh, browsing mode to run a PowerPoint presentation off your desktop. That that's great. I, I think they're is a need for that out there for a business tablet an eight inch one though i'm yeah i don't know if it's going to be a business tablet i think you'd be stuck with this the, would be a consumer device wouldn't would it really which is what you tend to do with yeah. the smaller devices is you know you know 99 percent of of you know what you would do you know i find myself doing on the on the ipad mini and uh, on the smaller Android tablets, is, is that sort of content mm. consumption? Maybe doing, a, you know, the odd email and and, and tweet and and so on. Um, mm. But it's that that device that sort of you know gives you a, the one one step up from your phone, uh, but doing similar sorts of things as you might yeah. do on your phone in terms of browsing the web and so on. Would but, you use one of mm. one of these, Quentin? Do you know, I mean, I I've got the the latest iPad and. And I use it in front of TV. I use it to take notes. And apart from that, I don't. I don't really use a tablet that much. I'm a, a phone or a laptop guy. That's just. Uh, yeah, I'm obviously stuck in the mud. Yeah, I think well, the look, question I'd have is yeah. about how much of the uh, device storage is going to be taken up by the operating system on something mm. like that. If mm. you're only going to use the what we used to call Metro interface. Um, and yeah, you're you'd not expect going to use it to be Metro, wouldn't you? To yeah. probably be Metro, maybe Metro only. It, yeah, it, well, that would be a big step from uh, Redmond, wouldn't it, to actually mm. say, no, we will give you uh, Metro only. I think they've steadfastly avoided that. Yeah, touch any device. All right, well, um, yeah, it looks interesting. We'll, we'll keep a watch on this one. Um, there was the, where we found uh, the details was up on uh, Engadget. In, in 
but no doubt if that's um, if that's reality, there'll be more stuff coming through. I mean, mm-hmm. it does it does seem you know as though it makes sense, and there's been some talk of Microsoft releasing some sort of an Xbox uh, uh, you know tablet mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and maybe you know there's there's some um, some future things coming up there with Barnes and Noble and the deal they did mm-hmm. with them around uh, uh, you know ebook uh, reader type you know smaller tablets so uh, yeah no won't be a surprise if we see some of these coming to market based on what we're seeing anyway yeah so. it, I do believe though I think you probably have uh, somebody mention it that uh, the iPad Mini uh, they actually um, last week announced that they'd sold fewer than they thought and that's had an impact on Apple's share price as well so potentially we're reaching uh, a saturation point with all of the uh, smaller tablets at this point Mm. well I mean it seems like certainly in New Zealand that uh, you know we've reached that point where you know at least half the population have smartphones Uh, you know there are hundreds of thousands of of, you know tablets being uh, being sold is moving in pretty big numbers, and yeah, eventually we're going to, uh, um, you know, we're going to see that point being hit. Certainly in in markets like uh, New Zealand and and the US, mm-hmm. where everyone's got one, and unless it does something really, really, uh, you know, enticing as a new mm-hmm. device, then uh, probably won't sell too well. But I guess mm-hmm. uh, uh, manufacturers are looking at the the emerging markets and China and India. Uh, yeah, there's. There's quite a few people in, the, in those two countries mm, uh, can focus there. Uh, alone. So, uh, you know, w- once they saturate us and our uh, tiny population, they can go after those ones. Yeah, good point. Mm. All right. Now, um, last week we I mentioned that we were going to have a little, uh, a little chat about the I'm Watch. Now, uh, we just passed this around, uh, around earlier. Uh, and this is a smartwatch that uh, got sent to us through from uh, from Italy, and it runs uh, runs the and- uh, a variation of Android uh, operating system. Um, it's quite fascinating. It's just got one button. There's just one button on the side, and then a touch screen. And the button on the side, uh, presuming you've got enough charge to it, will um, um, uh, will you know fire things up. And then uh, you can sort of swipe to the side and bring up a uh, a, a list of apps. Uh, you've got um, a few sort of standard little bits and pieces built in, like a calculator and so on, that uh, that work fine. Use a Bluetooth connection to uh, to uh, connect to an iPhone or an Android um, uh, device. You can connect into Windows Phone as well, though I think uh, at the moment it's a little bit more limited in terms of uh, what it can do. Uh, but you can uh, you can initiate calls and so on um, uh, mm. from from the watch. Um, what do you guys think about this? Is, is this uh, is this something that the world uh, needs? Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We know you always like whatever new gadgets to, coming along, yeah, John. Yes, please, I'll have one of these. Yeah, it's like a Dick Tracy watch, isn't it? it yeah, yeah. What is this? Like a little radio signal on the side of it. So, uh, is that a sound output? Uh, I think so. Now. Either I've got a faulty unit, uh, which is probably less likely, or there's a little bit of there's a firmware update or something else that needs to be done to it because mm. I haven't managed to get all the functions working. I mean, you see oh, okay. there the Instagram icon and, and some of the other bits and pieces, and um, those apps weren't weren't operating, which is mm-hmm. I think um, to do the way it's tied up to my phone. So I do still need to spend some more time on it. I did uh, I did initiate some phone calls from it, and I plugged yeah. in. Um, uh, it didn't come with a, a sort of a headset, but I did um, see that people were using it mm-hmm. that way. So I used um, a sort of a headset from um, from a smartphone, 
yeah. uh, which had a microphone on it as, as well as the, um, the earbuds. And that it didn't seem to uh, you know didn't seem to work. Mm. Uh, so, I, but I understand that you can do calls directly off the device. But whenever I've used it, uh, it's initiated the call, and then the calls actually move back to uh, to the handset. Um, so, right, yeah, yeah. not. Um, what do you think, Quentin? Well, I think it's one of these things that people think it's ridiculous now, and in a few years' time, everyone will have one and wonder how they got away without it. So, so look, I think it's actually an interesting concept. Um, well, do you think we'll move straight past it with this move to sort of you know the the uh, you know Google Glass type uh, type thing where it will be uh, bizarre to have to look down at your watch? Potentially, Bonjour, this will be reasonably lower cost, I imagine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people wear watches today, so if it can do that sort of uh, you know perform the same sort of function, a little mm. bit of style to it. I mean, this yeah. one's come out of Italy, so um, you you would expect there you know it to be a stylish device at the moment. Uh, you know, this generation is a reasonably chunky sort of um, yeah, chunky device. It, it quite does light. look like it. It looks like a, the same size as a Pebble watch, mm. but uh, instead of having that uh, e-ink display, it's actually got full colour display, which swipes quite nicely. Yeah, no, it, it does work okay in those regards. Being a full colour display, it means two things. One that the display has to turn off, whereas with the Pebble watch, with its mm. e-ink display, that can sort of stay on all the time. Uh, and two, um, you know, I think it burns through the battery yeah. uh, quicker, so you really need, ideally need to charge it every day, uh, depending on how you use it. And it's usually got the full uh, the Bluetooth connection running sort of full-time oh, as well. of course, yeah. Um, now, the one concern I had around that is... Um, you know, will that interfere with other things? So you jump into your car and you expect your uh, your phone to tether to the car, but instead it's tethered to the phone oh, at the yeah. same time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, potentially some uh, some some challenges there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly I mean good to see uh, you know a, even a bit of competition in the uh, in the smartwatch uh, space. You got you know, Sony um, as well yep. with um, with their one. Um, and yeah, I think it, uh, it's definitely going to develop. Uh, yeah, question is whether it'll be as as Quentin's you know uh, uh, pondering whether it becomes a sort of standard thing for all of us in the future. And you know, there's no reason why why it couldn't uh, get you know smaller and lighter and and smarter and you know be a fifty dollar sort of device to to put on your wrist in future. Yeah. Um, what is the price tag on this? Uh, so this one I think is three hundred and sixty nine US, and that's that's an on special price mm. according to their website. So uh, um, yeah, their, their full retail was up over uh, was up over four hundred. Um, so yeah, I guess you know there's a, there's an early adopter audience that would probably yeah. be quite uh, uh, you know quite keen on the concept. Uh, but you know, I don't think it's a, a device that's yet sort of um, going to sell in the millions. Oh, three hundred and nine actually is. I don't know if they've reduced that again. Wow, prices um, come down already. Or, so. or whether I remembered it incorrectly, but the the full retail price was listed as four hundred and sixty nine US. Um, so you can order these from imsmart.com. dot com. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure that's. Um, that's US uh, US pricing. I mean, it has recognised that I'm in from New Zealand. Uh, so let's just, if I tell it I'm in the uh, in another country, it'll be interesting to see whether it gives a different price. But that's certainly what they're indicating at the moment, anyway. So uh, yeah, you going to get one, John? 
I'll, I'll wait for the price to come down a little bit, maybe <laughs> next week. We'll <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, now in other, uh, other gadgets flying through, uh, Samsung's Galaxy S4 is starting to, uh, starting mm. to get a bit of media attention. Of course, we've got yep. uh, uh, two degrees... Samsung and Telecom that are uh, that are launching mm-hmm. this on Saturday morning at uh, at ten a.m. Uh, and uh, people have already started queuing for this. Now, of course, with the iPhone, uh, you know, we, we expect to see a bit of a queue starting to form, maybe a maybe a day or so in advance. But uh, there's already um, quite a few thousand people queuing for this. Yeah, well, I, I went to queue today, and I was number eight thousand three hundred and fifty. So t- tell us tell us about this queue, John. Okay, for, well, from uh, people who aren't aware, and look, if you're on Twitter or Facebook uh, or LinkedIn, even this week, you probably are aware. Uh, there's an online queue. It's called. They've built a microsite called GetInLine.co.nz. And the more, if, actually, I might just read from it here. Once you register with the microsite, over the next few days. You, you need to tell everyone and anyone about the Galaxy S4, and every time you do, you actually move up the queue. So um, rather than being a physical queue, it, it, it is a virtual queue. And, um, yeah, I think they're, they're really engaging with people, getting social media viral spread from that. But probably the best thing, and I haven't seen it, Quentin's seen it, is the, the um, what is it, a video wall that they've got with the virtual queue represented in real life? Yes, they've got a 50-metre-long billboard in Aotea Square that's an LED projection. Um, and when you sign up online, you, your, your Facebook profile picture pops and populates it, and you choose a, a body, and there's all sorts of bodies you can choose, and, and, and that's being displayed in, in Aotea Square. And look, I literally drove past it today, and it was bright and stood out like anything. I mean, mm. you know, it's, I think it's, it's 3.2 metres tall and, and 50 metres long. It doesn't even fit... Um, in a straight line across out of Tear Square. It's had to go around a corner to, to fit it in. So if you are floating around the city, it is worth going and having a look. I, I quite like these sort of things where they take take real-world real things and put them into a digital context. Mm. And I, mm. I think they've done a, a, a really fun job with it. Um, I uh, managed to, to jump up to about 3,000 in the queue by answering a couple of questions, uh, a couple of them wrongly today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I had a go with that the other day, and there weren't so many people in the queue, so I've probably been uh, bumped down the queue. Uh, but I think this is a, a, a real genius move from them. Um, you know, they're encouraging people to queue because uh, the people at the top of the list will will get a uh, Galaxy S4 for, for free. Mm. Um, and, you know, those that aren't, well, there's a whole stack of, well, they're saying $70,000 worth of prizes in total. Mm. I, I believe that those prizes come in the form of a, of a um, you know of a discount if you're actually buying a phone oh, or a okay. discount on accessories, so they're not going to uh, you know just throw your cash and so on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, yeah, I guess the benefit of queuing really is if you're someone who is really keen on getting the Galaxy S4, uh, mm-hmm. then then those discounts may be relevant to you if you're going to go and shell out your own mm-hmm. uh, you know hard-earned cash to uh, you know to get one. Yeah, well, I've had a look here on Stop Press, and I see that Colenso are behind it, and I've worked with the guys at Colenso. They are quite clever, so I think they've probably got another award winner on their hands here. I can almost see the awards being written about getting, you know, uh, a massive queue uh, online, getting everybody to talk about it in the week before launch. And of course, New Zealand is the first in the world to actually be able to sell it. So, well, that not? was the re- the story originally, and then late last week we got an update that uh, AT and T would be launching oh, on the twenty third 
of April, uh, which uh, yeah, we're 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 about to hit. So uh, I think uh, in the end, the the Americans have sort of uh, well, they've um, jumped the queue. They've 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 <laughs> queue jumped, and so instead of New Zealand being first in the world, we are uh, we are no longer. So um, not fair, but still um, a very good campaign with lots mm. of social elements in it. Mm. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, absolutely brilliant from a point of view. If you can get people to go out there and do your uh, uh, promotion for you, and uh, and you don't have to pay them anything, I mean, arguably they'd say, well, we're spending seventy thousand dollars on uh, on prizes, and those are the uh, the the incentives. Uh, but uh, yeah, still a, uh, mm. a very very smart campaign and uh, mm. some good use of social media. And I, I think they've managed to. Well, they say they've limited the amount that you can actually share because it's only a very short step from sharing to spamming yeah well there's the the whole oversharing and 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 spamming Mm. issue and uh yeah i I guess i didn't you know i went through online and filled out the different bits and pieces but when i got to the bit that said you know hey just tweet this or put it on your facebook i felt that was sort of overstepping the mark in terms of you know what i was what i was comfortable with Mm. Mm. Um, i did too that's why you sort of feel like you're selling your soul a little bit but There'll be a whole audience out there that will say, "Hey, if I can, uh, mm-hmm. if it can help me get up the queue." You now, what was the discussion right. earlier, uh, yeah. John? I think you were saying that the person who uh, um, had had yeah. shared the most or was at the front of the queue. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, was actually a Samsung staffer. Well, so does that does that mean uh, you know maybe the uh, the top three will end up look, being Samsung guys? When it's your campaign, it's very easy to get excited and want to tell all your mates <laughs> about it. But uh, Jonathan Drake. Uh, <laughs> You're doing a good job in promoting it. No, I, I think um, I don't think Jonathan's front of the queue, but certainly he was the first person I noticed on Twitter who mm. had actually uh, tweeted the URL and the hashtag. And yeah, I'm having a look here, and I can see a lot of people. Jonathan's definitely on the, on the list of people who are active on on Twitter, but so are a lot of other people. A lot of people liking it. A few people calling it spam, but people are talking, and that's what counts. Mm. Yep. Um, now a couple of other uh, couple of oh, there were there were a couple of other I guess notes about the Galaxy S fours. I had a bit more time to play with it. Uh, you know, last week I had a few days with it, or I had a few more in between. Um, there, there were um, yeah, there were there, there I guess um, two two other comments I wanted to uh, wanted to make around the S four. Now, you, you have you guys heard about the uh, the eye tracking on the Galaxy S four? Yeah, look, it looks like an interesting concept. How useful it's going to be and whether it actually stops you watching a video when you actually want to watch the video, I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. But look, I, I like to see these sort of innovations, even if they don't really take off. It's good to see um, Samsung actually putting some, some extra stuff in there. Yeah, so I mean, one of the one of them was um, what it does is it will pause the video if you look away, uh, if you look away from the screen. So you're watching mm-hmm. a video and you look away. Now, Initially, when I tested that, I mean, it, yeah. it worked flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, that seemed to be uh, seemed to be fine. I mean, sometimes I sort of bit sidetracked, look at something else, and then oh, it's paused. I might not have been so keen for it to do so. Um, but I can see there being some, you know, some benefits of that. And sometimes, you know, someone would come in the room, you're you're watching something instead of having to sort of look around for how do I pause this thing? Yeah, you, know, you can even mm-hmm. just turn the phone away so it can't see your eyes anymore. Um, you know, or you move it away a little bit. So that, yeah, you know, potentially. Um, some benefits there are I think what we're seeing now is um, I guess a real depth of software in, in the uh, in the galaxy um, you know handsets 
and you do have to spend some time learning those things and how they work. And there's the potential, uh, you know, to be in that position where you've got this device with all these fancy things uh, that you actually don't know about or you don't, you know, you don't know how to use them. And a lot of them are turned off by default for that reason, I think. So the people that haven't educated themselves don't end up wondering why the the page is scrolling or why their video keeps, uh, you know, uh, stopping and so on. Because you can imagine that, uh, you know, I guess creating a, uh, uh, yeah, a, a a problem or two. Um, now, one of the other features is the uh, you know the the um, ability uh, to uh, have have um, your scrolling uh, you know controlled also by um, mm. uh, by the way you use a phone. And I thought that this used a, a sort of an eye tracking type mechanism, um, but I'd misunderstood how it worked. So I was looking down you know, further down the page and expecting it to sort of scroll up. Uh, but sometimes it was scrolling the other way. Mm. So how the, how this works, and it does need a little bit of uh, playing with it, is the, uh, the, the feature turns on when... When it can see that you're looking looking at the page, um, it doesn't work across every application. So it works with the built-in uh, uh, default Android browser, but not with uh, the Chrome browser, for instance, at this stage. Um, that will you know, oh, potentially okay. come in the future. Um, but what it is is you need to be looking at the phone, and then you can tilt the phone up or down to right. adjust the scrolling. Yeah. Um, so the convenience of that, when you've got a large phone, is you don't have to, you know, reach across and slide. You mm. just give the you give the you know put a bit of a, a tilt mm. on the phone to uh, to control it. Mm. And it um, came, did it feel natural when you were doing it? Uh, not particularly, but I think probably if you use it a little bit more and you get familiar with it, I imagine that probably gets you know becomes a little bit more natural. Um, but yeah, that you know, for me initially, that was like, oh, I'm never going to use this. This is rubbish. Yeah. And then once I sort of got, you know, f- you know, I thought, oh, this is, you know, got a mind of its own. But mm. you know, once I understood that it was actually mm. the, the, the the tilting, it wasn't actually, mm. uh, you know, looking whether I were or, or figuring out that I was looking at the top or the bottom of the the screen. Yeah. Uh, mm. It's just I'm looking at the screen and I'm tilting it forward or tilting it backwards yeah. to, uh, to to scroll accordingly. I think that's often the case. I mean, you you know, as a gadget reviewer as well, you probably only had an hour to put it through its paces but you actually have to spend time with the product and find out is it a gimmick or is it something I could use in real life Mm. Uh, yeah I've been showing you the S Pen on the Galaxy Note 2 so I'm using that now and when I first tested it I thought I'm never going to be an artist I can't use this pen to Mm, mm. cut and paste and draw and colour but I find the stylus uh, the S Pen invaluable now once you you have a time to use it in real life yeah yeah um, so I think you know, that's something probably people need to be aware of if you're wanting to, uh, uh, you know, take advantage of of all the features of, of uh, the S4 and and some of the other new devices. Uh, you do actually need to spend a bit of time maybe having a look at some of the stuff that's up on YouTube and and uh, actually figuring out all of the uh, all of the capabilities. And uh, there, are, there are probably very few people that use every single you know facet mm-hmm. uh, of these phones as uh, you know the new software uh, comes through. Uh, now, one other uh, one other gadget, sort of a bigger one than uh, than usual. We've just just got uh, today actually is the uh, uh, new Ford uh, Cougar, which is um, 
getting launched soon, and I, I notice it's been all over. Uh, what's that TV show that's on? Something to do with some music and pop stars or people that are wanting to be uh, uh, famous. That's on. I, I don't uh, watch mainstream TV. I'm sorry. or something. They've been <laughs> oh, pumping this yeah. Ford Cougar on there. I hadn't uh, heard of it other than the the, the call that they wanted to uh, uh, us to have a little bit of a look at it, and then that thing came on. And uh, yeah, I think every every uh, ad break, if you're watching it, you probably. Um, um, yeah, had them uh, uh, trying to pedal the uh, this this new uh, uh, what do they call it SUV mm. um, on you. But uh, I'll report back a little bit more on that uh, next uh, next week. Uh, mm. But yeah, it looks looks to have in it most of the new sort of tech innovations that we've seen across a lot of the other uh, Ford. So it's got the Ford uh, Sync for tying in with your phone, yeah. uh, the ability for uh, uh, for it to be able to read out text messages, regardless of whether your phone has that capability uh, built into it, uh, things like the uh, um, uh, automatic windscreen wipers that can, you know, tell mm. whether it's raining and so on. Um, the um, um, you know, alerting you to uh, problems if you're drifting out of your lane and, and, and so on. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, I'll have a, a good chance to sort of play around with that over the next few days. I, and, I can just uh, see you, Paul. I can see you wandering down the street listening or watching through your eyeball that video you were talking about <laughs> earlier while the car drives <laughs> for you. <laughs> and you're tuning into your I'm Watch. There you go. Well, I do like it when these things drive for you, but um, yeah, that's uh, the, the technology has still got a little bit of a way to go as far as. Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned but um, uh, yeah we'll, we'll definitely report back and see mm-hmm. whether there are any exciting new uh, innovations in that one compared to uh, uh, some of the previous ones um, now that probably just just about brings us to a close what else do we have in the list here oh, one thing um, that I played with recently is um, a Wi-Fi extender now in the past, I've, I guess I've always recommended if you need to get Wi-Fi in another part of the house, using an extender isn't the best yeah. way to do it right. because it does you know, cut down on your uh, your Wi-Fi performance because when you go from one Wi-Fi unit to another, you, know, you effectively uh, probably cut your mm. performance in half. Uh, but if you have no other way of doing mm. that, you can't get an Ethernet cable to another location to run another um, you know wireless access point. Um, then, yeah, there, there are um, more and more of these wireless uh, extenders sort of coming into the market at quite uh, quite reasonable prices. I know uh, Apple Airport, uh, for instance, and a, and a lot of people use those. Yeah. Uh, you can join two of those together mm-hmm. uh, if you if you you know go through the the, the setup. Um, uh, software from from, uh, from Apple. You sort of have to configure them from scratch to operate that way. Um, uh, but also, uh, D-Link have got one which I found really, really quite easy to set up. Mm. Uh, and at the moment, for the data that's moving around my house, yeah. it's actually more than uh, more than adequate in terms of just mm. getting online and so on from uh, you know from downstairs where I was just. You know, sometimes with mm. some of the gadgets, I just wouldn't get a good enough uh, signal. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's quite a so um, quite a handy went, one. You've used the wireless extender, have you? Yeah. So yeah. this this one's the yeah D Link uh, wireless wireless extender, uh, and basically what you do is you give it the details of your uh, of your existing Wi Fi. It connects mm. in, and then you set up a um, you can set up. 
um, you know, a different SSID mm. if, if, you, if you want. Yeah. Um, I think you can set up with the same details as well. Uh, and then uh, you know your devices can uh, you know mm. can move move mm. between the uh, the two. Which oh, that's to work well. Well, good props to mm. D-Link. I, I bought last year the um, Powerline starter kit. So um, my son is downstairs with uh, he, he's a huge YouTube viewer and right. game online gaming. And uh, we were struggling to get a signal from the Wi-Fi out of his room. So uh, we actually just went for the wired solution, but through the power line with the yeah. D-Link. It's amazing, isn't it? That you yeah. can you mm. can get a network connection. Uh, you know, somehow utilizing the the you know the power cables in your in yeah. your wall. Mm. Uh, mm. That didn't work for me. I tried that and really? and mm. uh, to do with whatever the, the way that my house was wired. Um, they have to be on the same circuit. Yeah, yeah well, I right, just yeah. couldn't get any of them to link up using using that from, you know, anywhere. So I'm not quite, you know, maybe I didn't try enough scenarios, right. but I tried two yeah. or three or four different scenarios and I just couldn't get a connection at all. Mm. But in your mm. case, it's working really well. Yeah, it was set and forget. I mean, we've been mm. using it for a year and it's delivered really good uh, throughput. So, yeah, I'd recommend that. Um, but I will have a look at that wireless extender as well for other parts of the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin, anything that you've come across in, in Orcon that you sort of have been recommending to customers for these sorts of issues? No, I played around with a wireless bridge um, a couple of years ago, but you had to Ethernet out of that. It wasn't a wireless mm. signal out of that, mm. so it wasn't that handy because I wanted um, more wireless signal down the back of the house where mm. I wasn't exactly going to have a have a computer or anything wired into it. So. Um, I, look, I think anyone anyone that's uh, in a two or three story house or, or you know big house definitely should look into these sort of things to extend mm. the wireless mm. range. Mm. And we're also seeing you know the higher end uh, you know wireless uh, routers and, and access points you know giving better and better coverage. And uh, you know we've talked before about the um, um, the AC or gigabit type um, you know wireless units and. Uh, uh, those ones certainly, um, you know, at the lower speeds give, uh, you know, the, the higher end of those uh, units give some pretty good coverage as well. Um, but, yeah, they don't solve all the issues, so a wireless extender gives, just gives another way of handling that. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that, uh, that wraps it up for, uh, for this episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. Now, uh, Quinton, where do, we, uh, where do we track you and, uh, and Orcon uh, down in the, uh, in the social media realm and online? Well, so Orcon's at Orcon, and, uh, and my personal one's at Quentin Reid. Um, but as I say in my profile, it's mainly tweets about cats and... and um, things like that so it's uh, probably not that interesting but uh, oh, so I should un- unfollow you I think I just followed you so oh, I should unfollow you again oh, no, should buck- I buckle in for some exciting texts about cats oh okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and John other than catching you on uh, um, on on TV one on how, TV when, one. when, when every you, second Tuesday every yeah. second Tuesday 825 right. thereabouts alright as long as it's not on a Monday I'd be highly uh, oh we either. couldn't go on Monday the ratings yeah. are too high on the other channel so yeah. <laughs> thanks yeah keep going yeah yeah um, so my my Twitter handles at BucklesNZ and uh, my blog is probably the best other place to catch up on writing about technology and that's thegadgetguy.co.nz and you do quite a few little gadget uh, reviews on there don't you yeah, I try and put what I've done on TV up there, but there's also uh, other stuff which is better suited to the written word. And, uh, yeah, just done a piece on the future of the mobile phone, your embedded technology, which uh, uh, really took off. I, uh, WordPress chose it as one of the um, 
sites of the day or the stories of the day, and I just got a huge boost in traffic from that. So, That's uh, fantastic. A lot of uh, US people now following me, and now I have to maintain that standard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have to take some tips from you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'd know about these subjects, but you can track me down online uh, at uh, techjungle.com, and I'm uh, Paul Spain on Twitter. Uh, and, of course, you can uh, find the NZ Tech Podcast at nztechpodcast.com, uh, facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. Uh, we're at NZ Tech Podcast on Twitter and also on uh, uh, LinkedIn and, uh, and, of course, Google+. So that's us. See you next week. Cheers. <laughs>